Hello and welcome to the Limitless Energy Podcast and today it is my great pleasure to introduce former governor of Nevada and current president of the University of Nevada, Brian Sandoval. Dennis, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's it's so awesome to have you here. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like we go way back. I, yes. I I moved to Reno about 11 years ago now, and I just want to tell the story that the first time I ever saw you, you were getting a pizza at Wild Garlic Pizza. All right. <laughs> and I was just floored that the governor of the state was actually out and about with his family getting pizza. Um, that was a level of accessibility. Moving from California, I had never even met the mayor of Pasadena where I lived. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that was that was a great um, introduction to the state for me, and then the company got started. We we really started firing up in 2016. You were still governor, and we were able to meet you in your office and talk about the launch of Dragonfly Energy. Do you remember that? I do. I do. It was very exciting. So there there was some. Um, it was a different time. There was a lot more collaboration with China. Uh, we had the Chinese consulate come by, and we were talking about sort of a bridge at the time. And politics have obviously shifted, and we're more looking at a, I would say, a de-risking strategy in the United States here. Um, but as time evolved, uh, our relationship with you, and especially with the un- with the university, has continued to progress. So I want to thank you for all the support you've given us. No, and it's my pleasure, and I'm really proud of you all and and what you've accomplished in such a short amount of time and developing the next big thing you know in in technology and batteries and lithium that that we're, we're going to see and you know i love being out and about and great we got to see one another at, at wild garlic pizza that was a good way to start good pizza yes yeah. yeah uh so before we get into nevada and lithium i want to talk about your transition into academia so this is this has been done before uh obviously i guess the latest would be senator sass who's now at university of florida but why does it make sense well it makes sense first and foremost i grew up here i went to grade school high school and i'm the first university president who's also an alum of the university in its 150 year 149 year history but you know, as governor, higher education, K through 12 education were a big priority for me and also economic development and the future of the state. And so all these things, it was, you know, essentially being, hopefully being the right person at the right time with the right experience to bring all these things forward. Education and and economic development go hand in hand. Um, And let's talk about one important thing you did as governor, which, and you can tell me how involved you were, but the fact that Tesla and Panasonic chose Reno or Fernley to build the first gigafactory here in the United States, how, how did you participate in that? How important were, let's say, the tax abatements? No, and I'd love to tell that story. And I was heavily involved in, in that process, but even backing up. So I was elected in 2010 and the state was in its worst economic right. place that it had ever been and we had 14 and a half percent unemployment close to 300,000 people had lost lost their jobs were worse in the country in grad, high school graduation rates medically insured reading attainment math attainment all of those things and we knew we needed to diversify the economy so we moved economic development from the lieutenant governor's office into the governor's office okay. 
and created the Governor's Office of Economic Development. But what we also did was created a strategic plan. And within that strategic plan was an intentional effort to obviously attract new businesses to the state and particularly advanced manufacturing. So that was essentially the genesis of what led to bringing Tesla to the state. And I can you know go into more detail. So we, previous to Tesla, we attracted Apple here and Apple has, has a data center a few miles east of Sparks. And Tesla had announced that it was going to build a gigafactory and it was going to make a multi-billion dollar investment and that it was going to um, hire thousands of employees. Well, obviously that was music to, to my ears and we wanted to be in the game. And so we as a state, the governor's office of economic development and myself held ourselves out there. And there was essentially, um, you know, an RFP and we put together a package and Tesla responded. And there were other states that were competing for this. New Mexico, California wanted to keep this. Arizona. Arizona. And you know, as I mentioned, we're in a recession and Texas is offering hundreds of millions of cash as, as incentives. So essentially we had to you know, put a package together. And one of the things that we had that they didn't have was the Ta uh, Reno Tahoe Industrial Center and a big piece of land that always already had the infrastructure and credit goes to Story County, the ability to issue a, a building permit within a week. <laughs> right. And so Tessa you know, obviously had to do its due diligence. And one of the things that was a huge advantage to us was the fact that they could start construction immediately, essentially, versus other states where they could not. But still, we needed to provide some financial incentives, as you provide, as you stated, and we didn't have a state law that could accommodate that level of of incentives. So, once we started negotiating with Tesla, I had to call a special session of the legislature to get the legislation approved that required the elements of what Tesla had to do. You have to hire X amount of people. Of those people, 80%, 90%, whatever it was, have to come from Nevada. They have to have a certain pay. They have to have certain benefits. You have to build, invest at least, I think it was three and a half, four billion dollars over time. And in return, they got the sales tax abatements, property tax abatements, some other abatements. There are other, some, some other small pieces to it. You know, it because an increment of the sales tax goes to K through 12 education, I didn't want to harm K through 12, so we required them to come up with that increment. So there were a, there was a lot more to it, but obviously at the end of the day, we were selected, had the opportunity to um, speak and essentially negotiate with Elon Musk and man of his word, man of integrity, tough bargainer, but. Um, I just figured it was a win-win for the state, and if somebody we we did the economic um, impact studies, and essentially it came out to well, we'll give you a dollar, and you'll give us five dollars back because of the economic impact. So the rest is history. It's a five billion dollar building. Yeah, you know, I think at the time they were manufacturing sixty or seventy thousand cars a, a year. It's I think north of a million mm -hmm. cars that they're manufacturing. Panasonic was there too. They're they're manufacturing the the lithium batteries there. There was just an announcement 
that Tesla is going to expand even more, $3.5 billion. They employ close to 10,000, if not more than 10,000 people, and it's changed the landscape for Northern Nevada. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's what you're describing is the direct effect. And there's also an indirect effect. And that's why I bring up that particular part of what GoEd did, because Dragonfly was part of the halo effect. We had no affiliation, still don't, with Tesla. Um, But just the fact that we were here, we actually came here, I came here because there's lithium here. I thought that was important in terms of being a lithium company. But it wasn't until Tesla came that people started to take notice of us for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the halo effect that um, if they had not come, then we wouldn't be where we are today. So, so for that, I thank you no, for, I, for the work that you put in. It was all about Nevada and really, again, diversifying our economy and giving people opportunity. I will never forget as governor, you know, we set up a, an opportunity in Southern Nevada for individuals to renegotiate their, um, their loans on their houses. Mm-hmm. And I got there at seven in the morning, there was a line of hundreds of people. And for me, every job was an important job. I even went to the grand opening of a gelato shop <laughs> because every job mattered. So this was something that I, you know, I love how you put it at the halo effect that I knew that would have a seismic impact on our economy and the people of Nevada. So fast forward to now, Nevada is a lithium hub, an energy hub. It really is becoming that. Um, and the university plays a big role. Uh, what, what is your vision of how the university is tied into the, to the growth of this industry? No, and I appreciate the question. And what we like to call it is the lithium loop, because now we're, the state is in a position that unlike anywhere else on planet Earth, and I'd love to hear you know, your observations, but we're going to mine the lithium. We're going to process the lithium. You're going to manufacture the lithium and put it in batteries and the batteries are going to be used in you know, battleborne batteries and in the trailers and in boats and things and the other applications that that you have. And then when they're finished, Redwood Materials is going to recycle the lithium and then it's going to come back into the process. So we will have this closed loop, lithium loop, unlike anywhere else. Where does the university come? You know, we are one of the top research universities in the country. We're very proud of the fact that we're Carnegie R1 high research university and we have outstanding faculty and research capabilities on all of the areas that i just talked about so we we love the opportunity to work with private industry in terms of research important for us to develop the students that are going to be the future workforce for for all of you and we're really proud of our our students and they go out and do the internships and they do an amazing job you know, for you, and then hopefully Dragonfly chooses to re- retain them. So we feel like we're in, we're extremely involved in this and have a very important role in the success of the companies in the area. Yeah. You're absolutely right, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can speak firsthand on this. We uh, work a lot with interns from the university. We've hired a lot of them. The the for a while, the entire R and D team and engineering team were. Uh, UNR grads and the ability, the proximity of the university, 
the skill that the that the students have and their ability to learn uh, creates an incredible workforce for us here in Reno. And and I do agree that that is a a very big part of why you're able to have all these companies, you know, Tesla and and Redwood Materials and you know Aqua Metals and Comstock and uh, ABTC and all these lithium-focused companies just spring up right around this this area, and the workforce is here. Well, and I neglected to mention, including you, you know, and you're one too, of our proud yes. graduates, and you know, I um, you know, and I get this feedback all the time that you know there there are a lot of great universities out there, but our graduates, our interns, come and they have an incredible work ethic, and they're incredibly bright, and they work extremely hard and are devoted so we call that part of the Wolfpack way you know in terms of of the ethics and ethos that they bring to the table for their employers and what an exciting time to be in Reno too I would imagine uh, before uh, you know 10 years ago when the economy was not so diversified here and you had graduates coming out of the uh, like you you know what mm-hmm. where where did they go? Well, I guess there was a big push to leave town at that point, and now it's a lot more attractive to stay. No, and, and you're right. And there, we weren't diversified. And there was a time where, obviously, Nevada was the only state in the country that had legalized gaming. And so there were a lot of opportunities um, for students not even to go to college and have a successful career. And then it was just Nevada and and New Jersey. And so we were really reliant on the gaming economy. And then uh, we started having the tribal gaming in Northern California, and we were really reliant on people coming over the hill, and now they didn't have to do that because they could have a similar experience. Now, fast forward, when I became governor and we had those economic challenges, I'll never forget, front page, above the fold, Reno Gazette Journal, and I don't mean this pejoratively of Detroit, but it said Reno, the Detroit of the West. And the point of that was our economy was imploding. And so that was part of the impetus um, to really diversify the economy. But, you know, back to your question, our graduates, they graduate, they had to go somewhere else in order to get a great job. Maybe it's Silicon Valley, um, somewhere else in California, but there really weren't a lot of jobs. And now fast forward we don't have enough students to fill all the opportunities that are here and our students love to stay here and you know we do some surveys over 60 percent of our students graduates stay here in in northern nevada and part of the reason for that is now they can go to great school get a great education get a great internship and then go on and get a great job and great career right here Yep, and still you have great skiing too. Yes, so it's, you know, there's other benefits. Too. Oh, there's much. We were just rated Reno. We be in Reno, the happiest city in the United States of America. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Okay. Because of all the outdoor yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Wow. So um, as the as the university continues to evolve, and this industry, I'm focused on the lithium industry. Obviously, that's what that's what we do. That's what this podcast is about. But as these start to evolve and mature together, how do you see that uh, in five years from now? How do you see things evolving and changing from where they are now? Yeah. Well, I think we are going to continue to evolve 
with the lithium industry. I mean, we, we have a lithium battery miner, and obviously we'd hope to evolve that in, into a major and develop other specialties within the university and customize them to what you all need. I mean, that's why I think it's important to have this partnership so that, you know, you call me up and say, Brian, we need a, B, C, and D. And then I talk to Eric Jones, who's the dean of our College of Engineering, and say, Dean Jones, um, can you go out and meet with Dennis and see if we can develop that specific curriculum that will really give you know, an opportunity for economic development and business, but at the same time give our graduates um, opportunities when they, when they graduate. So I see us continuing to diversify our curriculum and modeling it and customizing it to what the industry needs locally. Is this sort of a newer Stanford Silicon Valley model or is this a new template that that we're creating for the rest of the country? You know, I think it's different. For sure, it's different. And, you know, I'm a little biased because I grew up here, but this is a really special place. And one of the things that I'm really proud of of our university is how nimble we are. And we're celebrating our 149th birthday. And I tell on next week, week, um, and I tell people we are only 10 years younger than the state of Nevada itself, we being the University of Nevada. So our history is inextricably intertwined with the history of the state. And the state, through its changes, the university has been the one constant in terms of being able to supply the workforce, supply the academic, you know, expertise and what have you and I see us being there in that position too because we are the state's original land-grant university and we have a responsibility to do that so I think there's a distinction there in terms of us and Stanford and I love being in the same sentences as Stanford Um, and it obviously is one of the top universities in the world but we think you know we can be more reactive and as I said more nimble for what the industry needs here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean the the Stanford Silicon Valley analogy there, I guess, is you have you had a whole industry there that evolved around basically software, I guess, and Stanford was developing the technology, and there was a lot of technology transfer between and spinouts and and that sort of thing. Um, the way it is now with University of Nevada, there's a resource here. So it's it's a natural resource. So it's a, it makes sense that the industry develops here. Folks are moving in and there is technology that is moving in with that as well. And so eventually uh, the, the university itself will be the source of the technology as well. And the technology transfer aspect of it is gonna become more and more important. Uh, do you see that happening already, or, or how I do, do you see it evolving? And, and it, it evolving and happening, but it's exciting because, as I mentioned, we have this loop, and you, you talk about the mining of lithium. You know, we have the Mackey School of Mines and Earth Sciences, so we have one of the top mining schools in the country that is already right. working um, with them. And you know, I just finished meeting with a, a mining company that has a new technology that wants to invest and create you know a faculty position that can help them and i think that's exactly um what you're talking about but in the college of engineering college of science both of those have eminent researchers that have the ability to come up with this you know the new whatever the next big thing and new things are um in cooperation with industry to to develop this new 
intellectual property that I think will advance and accelerate what you all do. How is the federal government supportive of this, you know, focusing here on the state of Nevada? In the past, there was always, you know, a desire to, to, um, to help the, uh, the states that didn't have all the populations, that didn't have all the money. There was more sort of research money uh, allotted there. But now is there an extra push from the federal government to specifically help the industry grow here? I think so. I, you know, I, I'm not as close to it as I used to be as okay. governor, but I do know, you know, we, we do have constant conversations with our federal delegation, our, our senators and Congress people. But um, we also have, we, we work with the National Science Foundation. We work with the, the federal government because typically the larger universities, you said Stanford and those, would basically get more than the lion's share of the research mm-hmm. money that is out there. And we would like to see, you know, a, a better spreading of the wealth, I'll put it that way, mm-hmm. than, it, than exists right now. But it, it's incumbent on us to to show that we're capable and deserving of doing that. So that's part of why we have really put an emphasis on our research mission, and we continue to move up the ranks of a Carnegie High Research Institution. I, I do see a lot of support from from our senators, our congressmen, mm-hmm. and 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 the governor, you know, we actually just did a, uh, uh, a trade mission to Canada with Governor Lombardo, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's there's definitely support from our local represent- yeah, uh, and, representation. And uh, the governor, I'm glad you know that he really is putting a priority on economic development. And thank you for being a part of that trade mission. We had multiple faculty members. We had two deans and the vice president of our research and innovation that were on that trade mm-hmm. mission as well. Yeah, it's it's exciting times. Mm-hmm. It's exciting times. So um, I, I guess we'll wrap it up here. I, I know you're a busy guy, so uh, I'll let you get back to, you know, running the university. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. No, and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for what you do. I think Dragonfly Energy is one of the great stories in, in northern Nevada, and I really mean that. It, it is the, the essence of the American success story. So really proud of you and, and your team. Well, cheers to that. Thank you. Thank you. President Brian Sandoval. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms.